am just talking away. Good evening and hello. <laughs> what it do? What it do? You over there sober? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm full of recover today. I'm full of recover today. I have to take, <laughs> have to take a little while, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back together now for sure. What's going on? Well, I'll ask uh, how's going, uh, how everything went down down yonder in a minute. I'm just going through here and seeing some folks. Sure that we are up and about and doing things. Let's see here. We are still um I guess I got a little surprised. I didn't realize that um I guess Chris is um uh, in flight. He's coming over to the States for a little bit. I'm sure he's coming to pick up his beer that you have collected for him. <laughs> yeah, well <clears throat> yeah, well it should be arriving at his doorstep probably tomorrow because I shipped that off uh uh, shipped it off the other day, so yeah, I think he should get it tomorrow, so he should be good. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long of a flight that is. I'm assuming maybe not not 24 hours. Maybe maybe a little bit less than 24. Um, let's see. I hate the way they've done this. I can't figure out stuff. Let me text the man of the hour. See if he is. This is his day off, so he's probably not. Um, probably forgot. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, oh sorry about that. Uh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Good God. Um. <laughs> I love black people. That's what I'm going to say. I love black people. Let's see if I can get the link to Sean. That I sent to him via email, but very good. Um, so while we're waiting on him, um, Kendrick, tell us about the Smitty release of the second pitch. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I've got a chance to go uh, to that event and to uh, the Weather Souls and Friends event. I mean, they were both like six minutes away from each other, so. Okay. Um, it was good, man. It was good. Um, you know, of course, man, always good to see uh, Smitty out there doing his thing. Um, yeah, the beer was good. Uh, of course, they didn't have any cans. I think they were just doing tap only. Yeah, so uh, good what, solid beer. What was, what was the style? It was a, it's called Ginger Slab, and it was, um, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it had ginger in it. Let me get the actual. I don't know why I was thinking of Yeah, because by the time I made it over there, I was halfway lit already because Marcus had way too much shit on tap. And so, yeah, um, it was a ginger. Hold on. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see here. It was a, I think it was like a ginger ale with uh arrive with gingerbread or something like that let me let me get the full little little hold on Mm-mm-mm-mm. it was it's a rye brown ale with gingerbread okay. so yeah i guess jerry is here but i don't see him so i'm probably gonna have to go back in and come back out um Uh-oh. Perfect. So while I'm doing that, um, Imani, are you available to speak? Let's see if this works. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, I guess so. <laughs> okay, so um, I talked to Amani a while back. Um, we actually quizzed it a while back as far as um, growing some hops. And so what I wanted to do or asked Amani to do um, is to do just like a crash course 101 with uh, growing hops and I'm going to be sending some stuff out. Um, I'm still, apparently I'm going to probably going to be at home because it's supposed to be bad weather. So I'll be able to look at the actual um, tutorial that Amani has set up. Uh, the segment is going to be called the grow out and you will be able to purchase your own um, hop tree. And it's, he's, Amani is very thorough as far as different um, scenarios that you might have. And if it may be something that he doesn't cover, he'll open for uh, DMs and we'll have a segment for him because we're going to go through the whole process of growing, you know, growing and make sure that it's good until the end where we'll be able to pull those hops and make some hot tea at the end of the, um, of our uh, session. So, yeah, I'm real. I'm I'm real excited about this. Real excited about this. Yeah, I think it'll be really great to do this. Um, because I've had hop teas, but I've never grown like hops in my um, you know, at home. Uh, the best that I can do is, is a succulent, and apparently, I just killed my last succulent. Uh, listening to one of these YouTube places, guys, is like, oh, I'm the plant guy, and do this and that. And it killed my succulent where it had been driving. So um, I know that's not going to be the factor because I'm going to exactly. <laughs> I keep hearing I keep hearing you say you don't have a green thumb, and I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I think but, so yes. But you know, I think it's very. I think it's just a, a fun project to do. It's a lot of uh, um, a lot of try not to say trial and error, but it, it works out. It'll work out. It'll work out well. Okay. <laughs> All right, you say so. I believe you. I believe you. So believe we have you. our <laughs> we have our man of the hour uh, on the call, Sean with Neutral Ground. Um, Sean is new to Clubhouse, and so welcome. I see your little badge, and basically all you'll have to do um, if you want to talk is there is a microphone to your right hand. Um, to your right hand side of your um, of the app, and you press that, and you can talk. There you go. So okay, I think I'm here. Hello, Angie. Yeah. Hey, Sean. So thank you again. Um, let me get my my official uh, <laughs> my official sound. This is welcome. Welcome to being black and crap, or we don't apologize for recognizing our influence on craft beer. My name is Angie. I'm the moderator along with Kendrick. And we are still going into our um, Louisiana Heritage uh, Month going all the way up to Fat Tuesday. So one of the breweries that um, I think I've mentioned a couple of times uh, is Neutral Ground. And so we have one of the co-owners here with us. So Sean, I just want to um, say we're just going to have a conversation, just going to talk and ask you a couple of questions, and then I'll have it open for anyone else after we're done. Is Would that be okay? That's that's fine with me. Sorry I was late to the call. I thought we were going to do this another way. I didn't, I didn't know about uh, the clubhouse invite. Sorry about that. So I had to download the app and everything to log in. Sorry. No, that's okay. As long as you're here. So um, I guess my first question is, um, I know that you are a native of New Orleans. Um, when did you first fall in love with crappy or how did it start? Well, believe it or not, I didn't fall in love with craft beer until I got to Texas. Um, so I've been in Texas since 2007. So I've been here for a little bit. Um, 
And it was actually my partner, Stan, that got me interested in craft beer. Um, he was at a, a family function. He and my his his wife and my sister in law became friends, and so that's how we kind of met each other. And so he bought a a, a bottle of beer to uh, a family function, and it turned out to be the the accursed Baltic Porter, which is a beer that's still on our our tap list right now. And so he poured it in like he was pouring out these little bitty sample sizes, like little two ounce beers, and you know, up until that point, you know, I was used to just grabbing a, you know, 12 ounce can out of the ice chest and whatever's at the get together, you know, be it like, you know, Bud Light or Miller Light or Heineken, if we were fancy kind of beer. And um, so I was fancy. like, what is yeah, you know, Heineken was fancy beer, you know. And so he poured this little like two ounce sample. And I'm like, what is this, man? I'm a grown man. I can drink a whole beer. Where's the rest of the beer? And so. I tasted it and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is pretty good. So this was a lot different than any of the other things that I had ever tasted before. And um, that's kind of what got me in, involved with, with craft beer. And so that started me on the journey. And then I think the if you go back, I, the beer that really got me in the craft, you know, I went to a, a world of beer uh, that was near my house and it was the rogue hazelnut brown that uh brewery in uh colorado and you know that was that was the first beer i think that was craft beer that wasn't a homebrew i guess that really got me interested in crafting so i've been been uh going down that road ever since so um so have you are because i know it's you and stan so are you uh the money guy or are you in the back doing any brewery i would love to do have you started (laughs) okay i would love to do more in the back and um when we kind of started out you know i was involved in uh, every brew that we we made um you know Mm -hmm. i helped stand with all the the, all the batches I'll, i'll admit yeah he's the guy with the the recipes and everything um but as far as like using the equipment and everything I, I can, but it's just uh, the scope of work right now is just too much that, you know, as much as I'd love to be in the back, just brewing beer or, and, uh, and trying things out, you know, somebody's got to do the sales, somebody's got to run the front of the house. And so we've kind of mm-hmm. split our duties up that way. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're located in Fort Worth, Texas, which I would say it's pretty high up on uh, by square footage places to go for craft beer uh, compared to Dallas. You really have to get in in the car and drive. So Mm -hmm. how did you find that place where you are? Um, Is it is it called a certain like area? Yeah. So the area that we're in is called the. it's called either Riverside or River East. Um, depends on okay. who you ask okay. in, the, in the neighborhood. We're just on the other side of the Trinity River from downtown. And you're right. Um, when we were looking at places, we kind of went, you know, we had a, a a wide open area that we were looking at as far as locations. But we did kind of want to stay away from Dallas particularly um, just because it was it was kind of crowded and Frankly, it was a little too far for either one of us to drive. I live in I live in Arlington and, and Stan lives in uh, in Weatherford. So we were looking at like areas in I guess the farthest west we were looking at were was Grapevine. So we were looking at a whole bunch of locations in like Grapevine, Arlington, Fort Worth. And we kind of knew Fort Worth was an area that is more uh friendly to craft breweries and um we already knew a lot of the the breweries in the area, and so we we were when we were looking for places, we were actually registered with the the craft brew guild and as a as a brewery in planning. And one of the planners from that neighborhood actually looked at the list of breweries in planning, and they actually called us and asked if we had found a location. And we were like, "Well, no." And um, they said, "Well, have you ever thought about Ray Street?" and we had we had heard of that about the street, and you know honestly we didn't we didn't know if we could afford that that location, 
but they were actually, you know, looking for a brewery to come into that area. And so they invited us to come look at some spaces and that's how we ended up on, on Ray Street. Wow. I'm, um, it's really, uh, good to hear that someone with the guild was helpful. Um, well, I won't say it was the guild. Questions. It was it was actually the oh, the developer in the area. Yeah. Okay. See, I was about yeah, to give, it was, I was it about wasn't the flowers. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Zero, don't, zero, zero on the board for them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I love being I'm, I love being a member of the guild, but yeah, we can't give them credit for for finding the location. It was actually the developer that actually reached out to the guild and found their list of breweries and planning. So it was someone else kind of doing their homework. Okay. Okay. So let me go ahead uh, and give you the floor as far as giving an explanation of the name of your brewery. Okay. Well, uh, um, again, I'm from New Orleans and the word neutral ground in New Orleans is used all the time. And it's just a, a, a way of given directions. The neutral ground is the middle of the road, which you guys call the median. It's the grassy area in the middle of the road. And so, you know, during Mardi Gras time when there's, you know, a bunch of people on the street and you're trying to find a friend or whatever, you'll call them on the phone and like, hey, I'm on the neutral ground side on St. Charles Street and, and Jackson Avenue. And so they'll know exactly where you are. Or you'll say, I'm on the sidewalk side. So neutral ground is used all the time. Right now, um, if there's rain in the area and it's going to flood, they'll say, hey, it's OK. to." They'll send out a text saying it's OK to park on the neutral ground because normally it's illegal to do that. Um, so people use neutral ground all the time. And uh, there's like everything's named neutral ground. There's like a neutral ground electrical company, neutral ground news, uh, neutral ground plumbing. And so when we were looking at the name of the brewery and we saw that neutral ground wasn't taken, we were like, I can't believe there's not a neutral ground brewing already. So we quickly grabbed it in um, and, uh, you know, trademarked the name. But, OK, so neutral ground, again, I used how we use it all the time in New Orleans. But if you go back in history, the original use of neutral ground and how the term came to be was after the Louisiana Purchase. The area between Texas and Louisiana was in dispute. And so the two generals, you know, they just said, look, let's stop fighting. You stay over there. I'll stay over here. Let the politicians figure out where the border is. And so that area um, in the middle, that was called the neutral ground. So there's actually the neutral ground agreement. You can Google it and look it up and, and get all the information on that. And so, you know. Stan and I got together. I'm from New Orleans or Louisiana. He's from Texas. So we got back together and we have the neutral ground. And then, you know, the other use of the word, another little uh, thing we like to use as a definition is that it's a place where everybody's welcome. Everybody can come together and, you know, settle all our differences. It's neutral, neutral turf. And I did, um, let's see if I can say, I did a PTR. So, Sean, when I say PTR, it's basically uh, you do a pull pull down on your um, app, and mm -hmm. it will um, update whatever picture. So I put a new picture of, I believe that's Neutral Ground, um, where people can see it. It's a trolley, and I'm assuming that right here where the tree, the tree is on your left is the Neutral Ground. Yeah, the, whatever the 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 ground that the new the streetcar is running on, that is the neutral ground. Okay. okay. Yes. Just, just for a look. Uh, yeah, whenever you whenever you see the pictures of New Orleans or the videos from um, any sporting event in New Orleans, and they show the streetcar running down the middle of the street, that grassy area, that is that is the neutral ground. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Um. So what? Since you kind of really kind of grasp onto craft beer uh, upon your arrival to Texas, what 
other than other than the one the one uh you know hit a quarter that we both know about not that one um what other influences do you think that you have brought over um that you have already done or maybe intend to do um at neutral ground you mean like the culture like anything from new orleans Cult that I'm yeah the culture or um another beer other than the, other than the, the one is there any other ones because we'll talk about that one in depth <laughs> okay so yeah if you look at a lot of the names of our beers we try to um bring texas and louisiana in into our our, our beers and um so that's why some of our beers have like french names and some of our beers have like uh spanish names texas uh or texas theme names we have a trail boss hefeweizen uh we have a the force majeure you know hazy ipa and of course the king cake beer i think that's the one you're talking you're getting ready to talk about and we have um coming out we have a beer called flambo um that's the guys that lead the the mardi gras parade that walk with the 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 candles that in the old days they were the ones that light lit the way for the parades before they had street lights um so we have a beer named for that and um a real subtle thing um that uh, hardly anybody catches is our, actually our logo um if you look at our logo it kind of looks like a ticket and um but what that really is is that is the front plate of a street car and so that that's the front plate of the streetcar and that little circle in the middle, that's actually the headlight. And, you know, we modeled the brewery to make it seem like you were actually sitting in a streetcar. Again, it's real subtle, but we've got the wooden uh, uh, boots on the side, and then we've got the roll-up door in the middle and then those slats across the ceiling there. So when you're actually sitting in the brewery, it kind of gives you the feel that you're sitting on a streetcar in New Orleans. So um, I think that's that's a pretty cool concept that our architect was able to bring into the design of the, the space. Yeah, as you're saying that, I can like when we went over there for a Pink Boots event, uh, I was like, OK, I can I, I remember as you were saying all that, I, I recall all that as well as, um, you know, thinking about the one one or two times that I was actually on the streetcar um, when I was in New Orleans. Cause it's like home, so it's like you know I ended up once or twice doing a touristy thing. Cause I'm just you know mm -hmm. going to see my cousin, so it's not like oh let's go get on the streetcar, which is fun, but I never really did it a lot. But yeah, that's really cool. I like that concept that you know the subtle things are what's long lasting, and it gives a story um, when you you know someone is talking about it. Um, if they have time while you're sitting there, you know, telling them about your beers and you're giving them, you know, a little bit of uh, history, especially now when it's getting towards Fat Tuesday, do you feel like people get very, um, not necessarily nostalgic, but um, hunger, have a, a more of a hunger to know about the culture? Um, yes, I see it. And, um, you know, we're we're trying to bring the culture to uh, the the Mardi Gras culture to Texas, and as folks from New Orleans leave and move into different areas, they they bring their um, their culture with them, uh, and that's that's a good thing to see. And but you know, everybody know everybody just about everybody's been to Mardi Gras at least one time, or been to New Orleans at least one time, um, so they they kind of know what's what's going on, and you know, Mardi Gras is a, it's it's a touristy thing, but at the same time, you know, it, it is it does appeal to the locals as well. And I always tell people, you know, if you if you come with me to Mardi Gras, I can show you, I can show you a G-rated Mardi Gras, I can show you a PG, a PG thirteen, <laughs> an R all the way to X. It just it depends on what you want to see. So it's not always, you know what they show on TV on Bourbon Street or whatever, you know, we can go, we can do Mardi mm -hmm. Gras in a very fa a family friendly way and still have a good time. Um, or, you know, we can do it, you know, definitely age appropriate things if, if you want to get into that. <laughs> yeah, that's the only, that that's my only thing that I have never done um, was go to a Zulu ball. 
I've always wanted to go to a Zulu ball. Wow. I've never gotten And, you know, personally, you know, while I was in New Orleans uh, growing up and living there, man, I hated getting caught in parade traffic. You know, if you go to work (laughs) and then you, you know, there's a parade coming, you got to leave work early or you get caught in parade traffic, whatever. I actually prefer going to the Mardi Gras balls um, as opposed Mm -hmm. to going to the parades. Um, But, uh, you know, now I wish I get caught. I could get caught in parade traffic. I wish we had some <laughs> some parades out here to go to. But you're right, though. Uh, the Mardi Gras balls are, are something else. They're they're a lot of fun. And Zulu, man, that's that's one that goes a long time. That ball, you know, yeah. it starts like it, I think it starts at like seven, but it doesn't end to like five in the morning at that if that. That's yeah. a fun ball. Like my cousin, yes, indeed. So, yes, um, indeed. <laughs> but I can throw some yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you are planning. You're. Uh, I remember you were telling me that um, there is going to be a uh, Mardi Gras parade in your neck of the woods, and you're going to be, you know, kind of helping with it for or just kind of like seeing seeing how the um how they're doing things and maybe be more of an integral part to have more of a Mardi Gras experience for Fort Worth. Yes. So there is a parade on Ray Street. Uh there they, they have a Mardi Gras parade the Saturday before Mardi Gras and I don't have my calendar up right now to see what date that is. I think it's the eighteenth of February. And there will be a yes. short uh, Mardi Gras parade on the street, and it will pass right in front of the brewery. And um, I know there's going to be some decorated um, floats, and we have bands from uh, Carter Riverside High School. I think there's a mariachi band also that's going to be performing. And some of the neighborhood associations are decorating vehicles and decorating floats, might have a lowrider club participating. And just the um, the local businesses are going to be getting involved as well. And at the brewery um, at Nutriground, we're actually going to have um, a pastry chef there. My niece is a, a pastry chef, my, my niece from New Orleans. Um, she's a pastry chef, classically trained, and she makes king cakes. And so... Uh, you know, I think her king cakes can go up against any of the the big name brands in in New Orleans. You know, um, so she's going to actually come out to uh, to the brewery, and she's actually going to be breaking baking the cakes uh, fresh that day. So she's going to be taking some pre orders, and she's going to be selling on site. And so it'll just be a great day to pair, you know, the king cake beer with uh, actual king cake. And so we'll have the cakes for sale and also some cakes to to do some flights. And then we're going to do some weird things, uh, some great things with our um, our king cake beer as far as adding some flavorings to it. So we're going to have a, a raspberry king cake uh, and we're also going to have a, a praline king cake to go with the uh, original flavored king cake. So it's just going to be a, a good time. And there'll be you some said, music on the street. Praline, praline, praline. Yes, yes, we praline. do. Praline, okay, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna have a praline flavored king cake and a raspberry flavored king cake, and also the original king cake. Beer, beer that is. So to give um, everyone an idea of the king cake beer, that's uh, that's why I was kind of waiting for the last because. Because um, it is a delicious beer. It is always sought after. And one of the reasons is because you can only get it at the brewery. It is not on tap anywhere else. They'll never put it in cans. It won't be distributed because the recipe is such a top secret seller as far as um, the king cake beer. So to see these different variants of it, that's going to be really interesting because it's great um, on its own. And it has 
the wonderful sugaring of the uh, different colors, the Mardi Gras colors, and it's a very nice, clean, easy-drinking beer. My mother would love that beer, but I had to get her all the way to, to um, from DeSoto to Fort Worth. Oh, I thought you were going to say somewhere far. <laughs> oh, it oh that is Zimbabwe. <laughs> it's it's halfway Zimbabwe for me because I'm in Plano, but I have to go because she's not going to drive. I got to go and pick her <laughs> up. That's an hour and then come. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you. <laughs> but so thank you for the shout out. Me. Yes. And you're right. King cake is a, uh, it's, it's gonna, it's a closely guarded recipe for us. And, um, you know, it took us uh, a, a little bit of trial and error to get the, the flavorings right on that. And um, it, you're right. We don't, we don't, that's the one beer on, on our tap wall that we, we don't can and we don't sell in kegs anywhere else. So it, it, it is served just across the bar in the brewery. And as you mentioned, we do it with a sugared rim with purple, green, and gold sugar to remind you of a, a New Orleans style king cake. And the style of the beer, it, it doesn't fit into a neat style um, if you look at the, the, the true style guides. So we don't, we don't name the style, but it's kind of in between like a, a Scotch ale or an English brown. And then we've got the notes of nutmeg and cinnamon in there. And it's just uh, got a little doughy flavor. It's it's just a very unique, unique beer. Mm -hmm. So, um, Sean, how, how long have y'all been at this location for Neutral Brown? How long have y'all been there? Has it been two years? We're coming up on our two-year anniversary in March, okay. and uh, okay. we will have okay. our one year, our two-year anniversary celebration on April Fool's Day, Saturday, April first. So everybody, come out for that. Okay. So this is this will be my last question, and then I'll open up for anybody else that may have something. Um, I know we have had a discussion here on uh, being black and craft um, with other like um, different scholarships or um, hey come and uh, pitch your idea if you are um, a black owned brewery and since you you and your partner y'all are both um, you know uh, it's partially 50% have, you know, 50% black owned brewery. Has anything changed that uh, maybe we might not be aware of as far as assisting with funding um, with listing yourself as a, as a black brewery? Have they, has there been any change as far as like, okay, at least 50%? No, so yeah, we we miss out on a, a lot of the uh, of the programs uh, because we are fifty fifty. In order to to claim uh, to be a black owned brewery, we have to be at least fifty. I'd have to have at least fifty one percent ownership, and you know, uh, you know, I don't know if that's if it would just be game in the system in my mind if we did that, um, since mm -hmm. you know we are. A, we are a partnership um, and I know a lot of people do that for business reasons, you know, put businesses in their wives' names or, or what have you, or have one partner do to just have the 1% the, the difference. And so we have, you know, you know, everything we we've applied for, we've just gone in as at, at the 50, 50, 50 deal. Um, so, you know, there were some programs for, minority-owned businesses that we we didn't qualify for and when it was time for the some of the the, the COVID relief you know if you were there, there was like uh, minority-owned businesses women-owned businesses kind of supposedly got um, priority um, uh, preference for the money I don't know if that really happened but supposedly it was supposed to happen that way um, we we just weren't we just fell in line with with everyone else as far as the mm -hmm. the order um, you know and mm -hmm. to be honest I just I want to be you know 
known as a best one of the best breweries in Fort Worth, um, not just the best Black-owned brewery in Fort Worth. So um, that's kind of where we are with 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 that. It's it's it was just a not it was a business decision to just keep it keep it the same, keep it at fifty fifty. I understand. Okay. But well, that's everybody, all the everybody that knows knows, you know. <laughs> um, everybody knows knows that I, it's it's a it's a we are black. I am a black man, and it's a black owned business. I was happy to see that mm -hmm. the, the Dallas Magazine when they put out the article. You know, shout out to Kumba for from at least mentioning it. You know, when the the first article came out the first time, uh, where they were saying that he was going to be the the first, you know, black owned brewery in North Texas. I was like, wait a minute, I'm open. You know, <laughs> we're open over here in Fort Worth. And so uh, this time when the article came out, you know, they at least they mentioned us in, in that article. Okay, well, that's good. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> oddly enough, if um, I, I know that I posted it, but Y'all, uh, if y'all have the time, as Jerry, shout out to Jerry, because people are so vicious and cruel um, because we are doing the first of in a lot of categories, not only beer, but everything. People love to discount that achievement um because of the excellence that we're giving or okay they're trying to um actually give us a playing ground um people will say well i mean as long as it's good it doesn't matter as long as i mean what does it matter <laughs> but it mm -hmm. it matters and it doesn't matter lightly but it truly does matter because um there's been so many obstacles that we're still, you know, trying to get through. So if y'all go and look at the D magazine uh, and see what people who probably don't even drink beer and are keyboard warriors, see how those people act when you say that. It's not enlightening, but it's like, People are still are still still idiots sometimes, you know. And um, so you, yes, we stand on our on our uh, on our morals as far as like, yes, I'm a good brewer, I'm a good moderator, I'm a good this or that. And I just, and also I am black. Right. And it's okay to be both. Correct. So yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you you said that because uh, I forgot to give that shout out um, for Pumba uh, being uh, listed in the magazine. But that was really it for me. Uh, I will open up the floor if anybody else has any have any questions for Sean. Um, please feel free. Anybody in the audience, if you have a question, just raise your hand and I will bring you up on. The stage. Nobody? I answered it all. I gave those <laughs> questions. Which sometimes I see a comment in the chat in the chat from um Carl Ro Roaches. Yes. He had to turn on Facebook yeah. reviews. Mmm. Wow. Yeah, because Carl will be the first in Houston. Yeah, hey, Carl. Yeah, so I can. Yeah, sorry. Right. I, I was uh, <laughs> wrestling with a baby. But uh, I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had we had to turn them off because you know, after articles would come out or something, just just as uh, Sean was mentioning, all of a sudden it'd just be so much 
uh, negativity. And it's like, you know, if if we, you know, if we were open and, you know, we were serving infected beer and, and just nastiness, I totally get it. You know, that would be warranted at least, but it was just such nastiness seemingly, you know, for no reason other than, you know, the fact that we were black, you know, and it's just so unfortunate, the extra hurdle plural hmm. you know we have to we have to go through just you know based on color of our skin you know etc like nothing else like nothing no other reason that they could you know give in our case especially at the moment to be like okay why are we basically giving all of these one-star reviews all of a sudden but that's what that's what they do and so it was i i, I love to hear it i was glad i hopped on uh because I, I was not aware of neutral ground, but I'm I'm glad that I'm aware of it now. Is the next time I'm in the the DFW area, you know, definitely drop in. Thank you. And that's crazy that you were getting one star reviews and you hadn't and you weren't even open. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I looked up and I was like three point. I was like, wait a minute, what? And I. I didn't ever, I never really gave it much attention because it was just family members and friends. You know, initially it was like five reviews, you know, so I, I, I didn't put much count into it because they were just showing love at the time. But, you know, just to see after, you know, an article comes out talking about, you know, Houston's diversifying beer scene, then all of a sudden I just happened to look one day and I was like, oh, wow. Just like that. Oh, wow. Well, we'll have <clears throat> more than likely we'll have more of that, and that just means that people such as ourselves will be there to offset those uh, bogus comments and be able to support each other um, at our prospective businesses. And again, when you go through, I don't even know if you can hear me right now, but yes. um, when you go, when you go through those comments, many of the people don't even really drink beer. They're literally there just to be contrary. And they have a very limited understanding of uh, the effects of Jim Crow and how that uh, has hurt business development because all those assaults that were, you know, coming from the city, from the state, from federal against any black people even owning businesses of, of any kind and while the civil rights movement made strides to address some of that there's still work to be done and so having no knowledge of that they come on there just misquoting people misquoting uh, martin luther king some person tried to put tupac you know what about this video he said i'm like man get out of here are you serious really <laughs> So yeah, it, it was a real it was a real trip, but I mean, it, it's not it's not like I didn't expect it. I just said that that particular Saturday I had some time, so I said I had time. Let me let me dive in here and, and see what's going on. So it, it it was fun, but I I wouldn't do it every day because I I do agree that staying there, knowing that you have a lot of people that really don't know what they're talking about, um, you know, it can just be negative. So there's no sense in staying there on all that. just um change that attitude um you know within yourself because i you know have critiques and not i'm thinking about critiques like legitimate critiques that can be a motivation for you to you know take a look or what have you and then there's this trash that comes out so but yeah i get that um Ashley has a good question in the comments. Let me see. Can I read? Okay. Outside of uh, cake, what other <laughs> regional delicacies can we look forward to in your brews? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, well, one of the it's it's not a, a brew, but it's a, a beer cocktail that we have. And we, we do um Beer cocktails on Saturdays are, if you're really nice and ask for one or on Friday or Saturday, we'll get you one anyway. But one of our beer cocktails is called boil water or burrow water. 
as I pronounce it. And what's in the burrow order is it's the Calcasio Blonde, the Cal Blonde with crystal hot sauce and little lime juice. And it's with a Tony Sacheries on the rim. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's a little spice. It adds a little spice to the, the, the Cal Blonde. My stomach <laughs> it's not that spicy, but yeah, it's a it's a good one. If you're eating some crawfish or, or some boiled crabs, that's a that'll be a good good pairing with it. <laughs> um, Dre mentioned uh, being the only black-owned brewery in the state of Utah. Uh, I would get a bad Yelp rating on the music we would play. <clears throat> That's, oh, that's interesting because let me okay let me finish wow rather than, <laughs> rather than judge and rate the beer we have a good rating on on uh untapped but being black seems to always trump having great beer now what's so funny about that i always hear rap music being played unless you unless you're playing symphonies which i'm still good with but I'm going to assume that you're playing R&B or maybe some rap or maybe some uh, smooth jazz or, or neo-soul, something like that. And that's what I go into, especially when we went to Asheville uh, and Coffee can attest to that. Every time that we went into a brewery, it sounds like, oh, the black people are here. And all of a sudden they were playing Aerosmith and all of a sudden I'm hearing uh, uh a Tribe Called Quest. I was like, okay, this is interesting. Um, wow, that's crazy. So, Dre, what is, um, I'm gonna, um, I feel like I should know, what is the name of your brewery? So I can, so I can, it can come back into my head because it's, it's, it's coming, it's leaking out of my head. I don't, I can't re recall it. Uh, okay. Policy Kings Brewery. Policy Kings, okay. Very good, okay. Let me. Uh, are you in Salt Lake City? Where are you, Dre? Do you want to, are you, are you able to come up? Um. Let's see if he can tell us. Because I'll have to do a, a dive and see where he is. Yeah, I was looking for him in the audience. Yeah. Okay, Cedar City, Utah. Okay. Cedar okay, City. He's in Cedar. Yeah, Cedar City. Okay. Okay. Well, that is one that I see. Now that's I a good, found something that I never heard of. I, I don't think I thought I had, but um, Cedar City doesn't sound familiar to me. Oh, very good. Okay. Anybody else? <coughs> question or a comment? It can be a comment. It don't have to be a question. Sorry. <laughs> I just need to know uh, what's uh, going to be your highest ABV beer that you're going to make. Right now we have uh, the Fool's Fancy, which is a Belgian Golden Strong that's at 10.2% ABV. And, um, you know, we may in the future do a little barrel aging on one of these one of these uh, Belgian Strongs and and get that ABV up a little bit. But right now, most of our beers are between like the, um, they're in like the six to eight range uh, with just a couple of them below and above that. Mm -hmm. Okay, and a, and a follow-up question. Say I just walked into your brewery for the first time. Give me three beers that I should try before leaving. Okay. Uh, if it's your first time walking in, you're going to have to have a king cake again, just because you won't be able to find anything like that anywhere else. Um, then 
My favorite beer on the board right now is the Mannequin de Belgique. It's a Belgian triple. And um, the the beer I mentioned uh, earlier in the, in the segment, the Accursed Baltic Porter, that was the first recipe that Stan um, perfected when he back in his homebrew days that he started winning awards with. So that's the oldest recipe we have. And it's the um, uh, the one uh, beer that's that hasn't changed at all as far as um, what's in it. So we've got yeah, so King Cake, Mannequin de Belgique, um, uh, the Accursed Baltic Porter. And then for the fourth one, you can throw in, oh, wow. Um, you know, personally, I would pick the 820 Roundabout, which is an ESB. It's just a style you guys don't see too much of in Texas. And uh, it's it's a really stop. It's a really solid beer. And if oh, you, you notice, you ta- you are talking to Amani. That's Amani's love language, ESB. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a really good 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 ESB. And those uh, four beers, other than the King Cake, those aren't our best selling beers. That's that's what I, I, I'll, I'll throw out there. Our best selling beer is the Force Majeure Hazy IPA, just because everyone likes you know, IPAs, and it is a good one now, don't get me wrong. And then our second bestseller is uh, La Bruja, Mexican lager. And then at the, in third place comes, you know, usually it's king cake. It just kind of fluctuates with, with whatever's new on tap. But, you know, those are the best-selling beers, but in my opinion, the, the, the ones I named are, are better beers. Sounds so good. That would be that would be your first flight. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I got to come visit soon. Appreciate it. So, um, just as a segue, Kendrick, um, we do have a twenty twenty five percent ABV beer um, by Martin House. Oh man! Wow! Is that the one that's the I, the four pack a hundred dollars, man? It probably is. I was like, I won't be getting it. Um, no one knows. I just saw somebody uh, shotgun it. Uh, and I'm in a chat, in a Facebook chat of brewers. And someone said, so how do you make a 25% uh, percent ABV beer? And the whole chat is just, cracking up because they can't believe it. I can't I even imagine what it tastes like. Is that legal? <laughs> I don't think that's legal, Bob. It, don't even, it doesn't even sound right. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. Yeah, I think and, our permit, the max on our permit as beer and wine is 15%, I believe. <laughs> now, we I've had a couple like 18 or whatever percent uh, things here. But I'm hoping that maybe we we plan on doing a um, a collab with Martin House, and I'm gonna ask Nikki. I say, do you got one of them 25 beers, 25 percent beers, but, and just let us all have a sip because I just want to see what it tastes like. Because I'm just imagining that it it's just all right, and it's just hype. And mm-hmm. I would love, I would, I would love, you know, I would love it for somebody within within our little collective to have to have that hype but it's also a great beer you know not just oh the label is cute and you know i'm just trying to get it but actually have good beer um martin house is very uh uh, every like a like a split for bowling it's like a seven and ten split it's like it's not it's mm. and it's and it costs too much to, to play with <laughs> now, i pay crazy yeah. money so, yeah. beers but i mean 25 dollars for a 16 ounce can man like come on man and you know yeah. they're not gonna sell any singles yeah exactly so yeah that's why i say hundred dollars a four pack yeah that's that's downright damn crazy so but hey i'm sure they sold out one way or the other I'm sure they did. Yeah, that's, that's Martin House, man. They come up with some crazy ideas and, you know, it's 
you know, it's it's hit or miss. It's either good or it's bad. It's not like, eh, it's all right. Most of their beers, you either like them or you, or you can't even finish it. But they sell right. out. They sell out. They find out enough people that will be on the, the like side that they'll they'll buy it. Well, um, thank you again, Sean, for coming and joining us and sharing about you and standing neutral ground and uh, everything about the culture and how you're elevating beer in Fort Worth. So uh, we definitely have to take another stop back out that way again very, very soon. Um, I know that we were planning to, some of us were planning to come, come in, come over there and hang out and have some king cake and what have you, uh, for this month. But anybody else, if y'all, well, of course, if you come to DFW, you have to at least notify me or Jerry so we can, uh, spread the welcome table for you and see, you know, what we can, uh what beer and what, you know, some locations, but definitely hang out uh, in Fort Worth. That's one of my to-go things that I want to do is just one weekend, uh, rent an Airbnb and just hang out in Fort Worth and just, and Uber will be my friend and just hang out at the distillery and uh, a couple of breweries. But other than that, that's all that I have. Um, just a teaser for y'all. Um, the day before Fat, Fat Tuesday, we are going to be on Discord. And why we're going to be on Discord is because we're going to have a mixology tutorial with chicken and champagne from New Orleans. We're pairing at, her up with John of Cajun Fire, and she's going to do a beer cocktail, and then she's going to do just a regular cocktail with one of her mixes. And I will be, um, posting that in Discord as well as um, go ahead and giving y'all teasers and information. So if you want to buy her mix, um, she said that you can buy that because she makes it naturally. I mean, well, she makes it fresh. Um, and she said it's also some other goodies that she'll also add in the box. Um, so I wanted to let people know now so you can go ahead and order it. And it'll you'll have it before um, that Monday, so I'll be posting that, of course, because I know some of y'all are in love or whatever. Uh, we won't have a show for uh, that Monday because I'm sure y'all are probably hanging out, having an extended weekend with your with your loves, and you know all Valentine or what have you, or um, single and satisfied as myself, and uh, I'm thinking maybe the first the first of February we might do something as far as um in the love beer beer love and dating but I'm gonna have to uh, do a little pulling of people so you know how they have the um the joke where there's a man a fish and a dog walk into a bar so I'm thinking of someone single someone involved in someone married and maybe someone divorced and have them come and just we all just have a conversation about um love dating relationships and how the divorced person could probably say tell something to the married person married person can say something to the single person single person can say something to the divorced person that may be enlightening or yeah I never thought about it like that so we'll see but I need to make sure that I have uh, have people here on the call that are open to talking so you know I'll run my mouth about uh, talking about singleness so um, we'll see but we will see y'all next week and stay tuned for the uh, teaser and the drop for chicken and champagne. And I will see y'all next week. Y'all have a great evening.
Good night, everybody. Good night. May the liquid always prevail. Good night, guys. Great meeting.